Well, it took the Wild a little while to get going, but they did end up picking up a 4-2 win over the Chicago Blackhawks. Brock Faber looked pretty darn good. We'll talk about that and more on tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. You are Locked on Wild postcast, part of Locked on Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Minnesota Wild pick up a 4-2 win over the Chicago Blackhawks, and tonight's Lockdown Wild postcast is officially underway. Seth Topal joined by Kevin Gorg. Kevin, it took the Wild a little while to get going in this one. No Kaprizov, no Zuccarello, no Spurgeon, no Brodeen. Uh, and so we saw a lot of new faces uh, on the ice here tonight. Took the Wild a little while to get going, but they did end up getting things figured out and coming away with uh, a win over Chicago. Yeah, I'm, I think they'll be very happy with the two points. They'll be happy with what they saw in the third period. Knowing Dean Evanson and that coaching staff, they probably won't be thrilled with what they watched in the first two periods. It had all the feels of a preseason game. You got the Blackhawks and the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, the wild Lucy Goosey. Uh, but in the end, they get the two points, and you touched on it in the open. I think the most important reason for all of us to watch that game tonight was to see what Brock Faber looked like off an incredibly emotional weekend and and certainly uh, some fatigue involved. Um, man, I got to tell you, this guy's going to be a nice player. Yeah, he, he looked – the things that you look for in a young player getting their first, first go around on the ice, do they fit in? Do they look the part? Faber not only looked the part, but he just – he looked – like he had been part of this team all season. Like he just, he stepped up in particular spots. He was covering the front of the net. He just looked like a guy who has been on one of those pairings on defense pretty much all season. Yeah, he was, he was a player that was noticeable when you watch the game on the broadcast and just use the eye test. He did all the right things. There was no panic to his game. He was calm with it. He didn't look jittery took a hit in the neutral zone, got that puck in deep. I thought his defensive zone coverage was excellent. Then you take a look at his box score, led the team in time on ice, led the team with six block shots, had a shot on goal, and just, you know, either way you look at it, whether it's the box score or the eye test, he looked like an NHL defenseman. And remember, this guy had no sleep over the weekend, had his college career come to an end, hasn't played with these guys, had no chemistry. He's out there with Alex Goligoski for the first time, and I really, I mean, I feel strongly that um, this guy put his name in the hat uh, to be considered here down the stretch and maybe even into the playoffs. We'll see because, you know, you got a bunch of defensemen that have been around all season long. You got Klingberg, who was brought in at the trade deadline. But, you know, just watching him play, um, he's going to have a hard time not being on the ice for this team. He's going to be a really nice player. Yeah, he, he just looks, he's got that poise and the stuff that they talked about at the uh, at the collegiate level, all season, the the poise, the the mental framework, everything that he brings to the ice, it was on full display, and it just sensational debut for Faber, and I would imagine we'll see a good dose of him here over these final two games, and then we'll see from there. It would be a, in, it would be a very tough choice, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Guerin gives it some serious thought. Well, he'll definitely be in consideration, and I think a lot will depend on. Um, how everybody else plays this final week, too. You've got two desperate teams you're going to play in Winnipeg and Nashville. Both have everything 
to play for right now. So I don't think the games will have the feel that we had tonight in Chicago. It's a completely different scenario playing the Blackhawks. These games are going to have a little juice to them uh, starting tomorrow night against Winnipeg. And I think right now, if you're the Wilders, you just take the wait and see angle because it's one game, you know, we, we got to see a week's worth of work. Let's get him out there and practice and let him, you know, mesh with his teammates and feel comfortable. At some point, the fatigue has to set in off the weekend he just had. And you're talking about back-to-back games. I think he'll play tomorrow, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, I'm guessing for sure he'll play Thursday in Nashville. And I think the other thing that, you know, I was curious about tonight is I, I, I took it as a tell, and I think a lot of people did as well, that Gustafson got the start tonight. They had kind of been rotating here over the last couple of weeks, and it was Flurry's turn to play. And the fact that Everson went to Gustafson tonight and he played brilliantly leads me to believe that Flower will play, obviously, tomorrow, second half of the back-to-back. And then Gustafson will likely play Thursday as a playoff tune-up. And the Wild likely open up on Monday night. And uh, that's kind of breaking news, too. And I know that'll be a hard decision. And I think we'll see both goaltenders, as we've talked about numerous times here, Seth. I think both are going to make an impact on the postseason for this wild hockey team. But Gustafson going back to February 11th is 11-1-5, and his save percentage is over 94%. So I think he's made this decision an easy one for the coaching staff because he has just taken the reins and been brilliant. Kevin, one of the big concerns with Jewel Eriksson-X injury was disrupting the chemistry on that line with Matt Boldy and Marcus Johansson. But Insert Freddie Goudreau, who has done this numerous times in his wild tenure, stepping up on particular lines and providing just that calming presence. Uh, That line looked phenomenal, uh, especially down the stretch with Johansson getting a couple of goals, Boldy scoring two. And so leave it to Freddie Goudreau to help fill a void on uh, on a line and uh, having that line just not miss a beat. Well, Freddie Gaudreau plays with pace, and I had a conversation with him a couple days ago in St. Paul and asked him just about meshing with those two guys and what are some of the keys that you have to bring to the table while Eck is hurt. And he said, well, the bottom line is I have to be really responsible defensively so we don't spend most of our time on the ice playing defense so we can be efficient leaving the zone, and those guys can do what they do so well, which is make plays and score goals. And I think Freddie Gaudreau is – Great in the faceoff circle. He's responsible without the puck. He can play with pace. And he's shown chemistry with Matt Boldy earlier this year. So I don't think it's going to be a big stretch to think that these guys can mesh well. They're going to miss Jewel Erickson in all facets of what he brings to the table. But it is nice to have a guy like Freddie Goudreau that can slide into that spot and keep the momentum going because the biggest silver lining to Kirill Kaprizov missing that one month of hockey is what we saw with Matt Boldy and then getting Johansson at that same time and seeing them build this incredible chemistry. Uh, it reminds me a lot, and we've talked about this too, of what Kevin Fiala and Matt Boldy had at the end of last year, and it does give you two legitimate scoring threats that teams have to think about. And in the playoffs where matchups matter so much, especially if you end up starting on the road, that's huge. Yeah, it's it's going to be a huge factor for this team um, as the postseason starts. Still waiting to see how things play out as to an opponent, although it's looking more and more likely that it's going to be the uh, the Dallas Stars. But there are still a few games left to, uh, to wait and see on that. We'll talk about the Winnipeg Jets as well as Marco Rossi, and uh, we'll talk about plenty of other things to wrap up a 4-2 win for the Minnesota Wild over Chicago as we continue tonight's Locked on Wild postcast after a word from our sponsors. 
For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Continuing tonight's Locked on Wild postcast, Minnesota Wild pick up a win over Chicago by a score of 4-2. to two. Seth Topol joined by Kevin Gorg. Kevin, we saw Marco Rossi get back into the lineup here uh, in this one tonight. And I know Michael Russo talked about this kind of over the weekend when it was announced that he'd be called up. Um, It's looking like it may come down to Rossi and Steele as to uh, who plays and who doesn't for uh, that third-line center spot because most of the rest of the lineup is uh, pretty set already. It feels that way for sure, at least until uh, the Wild get back and who knows when that's going to be. And they might have to win a round uh, to get number 14 back on the ice. And, you know, you certainly lean towards Sam Steele in that battle. And that's nothing against Rossi at all. He clearly has taken a step in his time in Iowa. He, he's put up numbers. He's played with more grit. The reports have been good. And seen him tonight, um, was he fantastic? No. Um, was it an easy spot to be fantastic? No, I don't think so. His teammates, I don't think we're, we're all the way, you know, ready to go in that hockey game, especially the first two periods, but you saw glimpses of what he can do. I like that. He took control in the neutral zone, the power play and would lug the puck in a couple times. Um, I think it's a very difficult place to put a guy, uh, that hasn't played a lot of NHL hockey into the postseason because the one thing, you know, Seth, when you get to the playoffs is how much that rank shrinks, how much more physical that is. And I'm not sure at this stage of his career, that that's going to be a great scenario <clears throat> for Marco, whereas Sam Steele has done everything right. He's he's sat out. He's been a good teammate. He's jumped in and played well and contributed uh, when they've needed him, and I just find it hard to believe they're going to sit him out. We'll see, and I think these last couple of games will give both these players a chance to make one final push here. Even if Ro- Rossi isn't in the lineup come game one next week, He'll likely be with the team, practicing, playing, getting a feel for playoff hockey, getting to know his teammates, and especially the new guys here that have come in uh, since Rossi went back to Iowa at the trade deadline. So um, lots of positives to take, and, and hopefully he can continue to grow because he's super young, and he did miss a year of major development when he had that serious heart issue. So you got to give him some time and be patient with him. Can we give Marcus Foligno an assist for that uh, fight, which seemed to get everybody going there in the third period? Um, just just another thing that Foligno does, and it was very clear that the team needed a spark at that point. And so Moose answers the bell, and uh, the team follows. I don't know what Dean Everson was you know, thinking during that <laughs> fight, probably holding his breath a little bit because Foligno is such a big part of this hockey team. But certainly that did amp things up for Minnesota. From that point on, they played with pace. They were aggressive. They just looked more like the team we've seen here in the last six weeks. And, you know, something got under the skin of Marcus Foligno because he was heated. 
And, you know, he's a veteran player. It takes a lot to get him going. So I'll be curious to have a conversation with him tomorrow uh, at morning skate about what the heck happened. But my goodness, did that get things going? And, you know, good for Minnesota for responding to that. Your leader is out there making a statement. It's right before the playoffs, and he's risking, you know, obviously his hands specifically, but his health to get the team going. And so they responded in kind, played great down the stretch. And, you know, even though they were outshot, I think in the end, 42 to 22, they got the two points, and I think that had a lot to do with it. Winnipeg Jets on tap for the regular season finale tomorrow night. And, Kevin, it's a desperate team. Winnipeg trying to save their season after being one of the leaders in the Central Division early on, uh, clinging to life in that uh, second wild card spot. And so the Wild are going to see a lot of what they've seen over these past few games is a desperate team trying to do everything they can to stay in the playoff picture. And so that's that's going to be the big focus in tomorrow's game is just to try to match that uh, that desperation and that intensity that Winnipeg will bring. Well, and they sure brought it tonight. They beat San Jose uh, handily at home. They've won four of their last five. So with this desperation, they, they're playing some of their best hockey uh, in the season here right now. Minnesota has to be ready for that. They've got to, I think, manage the emotion of this hockey game because certainly they're rivals. Certainly there's always bad blood. And then you go back to what happened to Kirill Kaprizov I think for, for the Wilds' best interest on where they are right now in the season, they don't want this to turn into some kind of a gong show. They just want it to be a hockey game. I think all that extra stuff is well and good come playoff time. It doesn't do you any good right now within a week to the start of the playoffs because when some of that stuff gets going, cheap shots start to happen, and then you put your players in a position of peril, and that's the last thing that this team needs right now. So manage your emotions, play hard, uh, play a smart defensive structured games uh, on fan appreciation night. So I think you're going to see a team that's going to look a lot like that playoff team next week. And so you know, we'll see how it plays out, but I hope it's one of those games where it's more about the hockey and less about the stuff in between whistles. Yeah, that, that would be nice to just, uh, to just have it not uh, have anything happen that you, you wonder about after the fact, but it uh, should be great to, uh, to get a chance to see things in action uh, in person one more time here this year. Uh, Kevin, we'll have a chance to chat with you uh, after the game. I'll be making the trip once again to uh, to take this one in in person, so looking forward to that and uh, looking forward to the final game, at least in the regular season at XL Energy Center come tomorrow night. Maybe Kirill can get to uh, 40 goals on the season. We'll have to uh, wait and see. But that'll do it for tonight's Locked on Wild postcast. Listeners, make sure you follow along with Locked on Wild wherever you are listening so that you don't miss out on any of our content throughout uh, the course of the week, pre- and post-game, as well as full episodes. So make sure you follow along with Locked on Wild as we guide you through the rest of the season with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Podcast Network.